0: Well, once again, I've got something that started as one of the week daily videos that I do called Tanzu Talk. You can see all of them at TanzuTalk.com, find the archives on YouTube, whatever, or you can watch them live if you go to uh, Twitch.com slash VMware Tanzu. Anyhow, this is a nice interview that Rick and I did with Sophie about, I think it's, uh, it's fun. It's kind of this discussion of like, how do you uh, manage people uh, in, when you're doing remote working? And especially make sure that uh, trickle-down things work as as I characterize it. But like I said, if you're interested in uh, seeing about five or so of these little videos uh, a week, I do them weekly, daily. just go check it out at TanzuTalk.com. And with that, enjoy the episode.
1: Hi, um, welcome to Tanzu Talks. Uh, I'm Rick Clark here with Kote, who has kindly let me uh, introduce us. (laughs) And we have a special guest with us, Sophie who is from uh, Mercedesbins.io, who I will let introduce herself in a second. We're going to talk about um, some of the ways that the pandemic has affected the way we operate as companies and the way we communicate with each other. And I've mostly focused so far, in my thinking, on how it affects how we communicate with our customers. So this is a kind of a new way of, of looking at it for me. And I think actually Sophie is going to probably do most of the talking and have most of the ideas. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cokia will have some. I certainly will have none. <laughs> but, but Sophie, will you tell our, uh, us a little bit about yourself?
2: Absolutely. Yes. So I'm Sophie. I'm the CEO and Managing Director of Mercedes-Benz.io. And uh, so just talking about me. So I'm 37 years old and coming from Austria, but living in Stuttgart, uh, living all over the world, including the US and Singapore. Also have been dealing a lot with China in my in my career. But uh, essentially uh, what we are doing at uh, MBIO, I would uh, abbreviate that, um, is we are building the website of Mercedes and we have uh, roughly 30 to 40 teams that are building features, building functionality that is visible on our website globally. So wherever you are in the world and you are keying in uh, mercedes de, for example, then you will see the result of our work. Exactly. And so till date. So we've been in home office since March and I'm not really seeing an end of of it coming in the near future. But uh, we have roughly 400 people across three locations. Uh, That's uh, Stuttgart, Berlin and Lisbon. And we have round about, I would say, 60 to 70 percent of our workforce are engineers from front-end devs, backend devs, um, uh, mobile devs, um, solution architects, data engineers, stuff like this. So um, we have quite a, a large number of engineers and we are building products, right? So we have been used to work in teams in itself and they've been split across the locations wherever we had the right skills. But uh, then to be honest, like how we were steering the company and how we were driving change or driving strategy that was always very, let's say, um, on site. Like we've been doing town halls. We don't call it town halls. It's a little bit too uh, they're old school. Uh, but uh, we run a lot of you know, sessions where we are actually delivering our message on what we're expecting from the teams, how they operate, how they work with each other. But now since we don't have that anymore, um, yet I'd say there are lots of challenges on how we as a company actually operate with each other and how also new joiners, who just joined the company are feeling the spirit of, um, of MBI. Well, so
1: that, uh, there have been a lot of changes, but have, um, were you already embracing work from home with portion of your workforce? So that, that part's not completely new, the, the, the work from home, right?
2: No, exactly. So we've been quite casual with work from home. Uh, but nevertheless, so we always make it up to the team. So The team needs to decide how they want to operate with each other so, for example, if they run sprint uh, changes, sprint reviews, if, they, if uh, you know, they commonly decide to meet in person and everyone has to be there, right? But uh, ultimately, if you, you know, want to do a day of coding, you want to work from home, no one would say no. Uh, it's a matter of communication, but we've been very casual with that. Um, so, we are basically when we moved into remote work, for us, technically, and just from a, let's say, thinking perspective, well, so thought process it was it was quite normal I was like, oh okay we're gonna bridge that time, but you know now it's like uh eight months <laughs> <laughs> it's already like, oh, I have to go to the office oh geez, I need to plan half a a half an hour to go there then be there, then go back. How do I fit this into my whole day
0: <laughs> and and so so one of the what I mean one of the things you mentioned and that we've we've talked about uh before is i mean the way you put it is each team can decide what they want to do, right? If they want to be in, in person or not. Um, and I mean, can you, can you speak a little bit about the general, I don't know, I don't know what you would call it approach <laughs> you, you have towards managing that, 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 that falls out from like, what's the way the organization is running such that the teams kind of control most of, of, of what they do and, and the way they operate?
2: Well, essentially we're running OKR. So that's our steering, um, um, methodology if you can call it like this so we are setting top level OKRs and we are breaking them down based on different areas of the website so we have an area that's called more or less like explore the vehicle what is buying the vehicle and stuff like this and then we try to basically talk together with the teams nail down what they're supposed to do in order to achieve certain say, conversion rates or um, uh, you know target KPIs of course so and that has been a process that we've always been doing but also especially the target setting and this aligning it was always uh, a, a very uh, intense uh, face-to-face activity you know I think talking about strategy and trying to make people you know understand about what this is about it's it has a lot to do also with, you know, how you interact and you explain something on a on a whiteboard. You know, there are more mm. people you create kind of a buzz. Right. Um, and uh, you do not basically, you cannot even um, you see if people you know, haven't understood it or they ask counter question. But All right. uh, or in this remote setup and sometimes even you see people like turning off the video. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, hmm, did you do you just you know did you just get yourself a coffee or did you you know you, you think the discussion is a uh, not the appropriate one or you know you have five other things to do and it's a it's for me it's really tough to get a feeling how things have been transported to the teams
0: so so um, there, there's there's two things i want to i, I want to ask about there first of all I mean maybe this is obvious like OKR thing but I hadn't I hadn't thought about the the way you kind of clearly put it that like so if you if you have uh self-directed teams right autonomous teams figuring out what they'll be doing yeah. like you can arrange the way you do OKRs such that it's that kind of bridge between strategy and like hey okay. you team go figure it out <laughs> right like like That's we a- we would like to achieve these results. uh, And you can figure out how to do it however you want. I mean, that's kind of like the basic function of an OKR. But like, tell me if I was understanding wrong. But you said something that that was interesting is almost, you can almost look at your OKRs. And that suggests almost kind of like an architecture (laughs) or a portfolio of applications and teams, which is I I, I mean, is that, am I understanding that right? Because that's a really interesting way of figuring out what teams you have and what areas of responsibilities those teams
2: have. Yeah, but just setting OKRs, writing them down, does not replace good communication together with the teams. You need to deliver a message. So you don't just do OKRs, you don't just set targets. Because, you know, because you were sitting down with your your peers and, you know, we as the company, leadership team, we think we should do this, right? It's about a lot about the why. And then you don't even know, like you can see if people are tuning out or not, at least when you are in a room, to be quite honest. I mean, if you are in a room and you deliver a message, this is a different feel than if you have like, a, say, uh, the Eiffel Tower um, a recording studio, where I'm usually in, uh, in a sense. And, you know, Sophie is delivering the message, but there's not, you don't get, you don't even get response. Yeah. You don't even know if people are like looking critical or they're like, mm, I don't, didn't get that or, oh, that's great. Um, and we've experienced that like two weeks ago, we've been introducing a new strategic uh, say, uh, framework that we want to work on. And till date, I'm not sure if that thing even arrived. You know, because people are like an in between, you know, using you know WhatsApping, checking the internet. I, I, not that I think that people don't take the job serious, but it's about you know a personal engagement, and especially I'd say for a strategic topics, um I think it's really hard, uh, and you need to really, really rethink your communication part. You know, it's not done with a video conference. Even though it's recorded, we, we basically, in the meantime, I've been recorded 1,000 times. Like, I don't care anymore, right? Right. Uh, how I look or how I speak. But it's like, we really need to think okay, how do we get this to the teams? And how do we make sure, that say, the, you know, the, the, the most uh, junior person that has stepped into this company is able to you know, follow through on everything that is happening? And that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges that we are all going to face. Because, you know, there is, a, let's say, like eight months, yeah, it's okay. But think about it in 12 months or in 16 months. How does this develop? And it will be get even more difficult. And losing touch, let's say, from a management perspective, losing touch to the individual who is there. You know, he, he or she hasn't understood anything. And uh, in between, that usually has, a, you know, it always starts from the top that you didn't do your communication right, that you didn't do your job right, that you didn't deliver the message right. And it's your problem on a management basis. It's not the problem of the poor guy sitting at the very end of the food chain. Uh,
1: I'd like to dig into that management. So that's something that has struck me is that um, all communications now are formal. right? Almost everything is a meeting. Like when I used to manage large teams of people, if there was someone new or the team was working on something, I could just walk over to their desk and say, how, how are things going? Are you, are you adjusting the, the, there are these casual communication that I could use to get the health of the team to figure out if people. And yeah. now uh, you, you mentioned, you know, if you, if you call someone in, in this environment, it, it, it actually might be a stressful thing to them where exactly. it's, it's, it's not the, you know, everyone is, is anxious and on edge and, and the economies in the world are, are sort of teetering. Um, how do we, how do we make sure that we have these informal communications that I think are very, very important for our relationships and for uh, people as managers to make sure that their team is is healthy and doing well? So it, I guess it's, to me, it's a, it's a little bit about understanding, but it's also about knowing the health of your team and, and being able to make them feel comfortable enough to work. Uh, ha, have you found anything that lets you have those communications without them thinking that you're calling them to fire them?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, we have uh, one very nice <clears throat> initiative, which I really like and which I've been asked to join. And we call it the random coffee. So we have like this, uh, you know, um, a random, random uh, bot running that pairs you up with people. And then once a week, you do like a 30-minute chat with a person that you've never met before. I really like that uh, thing because it's really... Casual and informal, but also there I see, you know, it's like uh, it's usually a a very limited time, right? But if you, you know, start calling up people and say, hey, I just wanted to check in, you know, what's going on, let me see, you know, anything you want to talk about, is like, you know, what happened? Uh, And then to be honest, I think it's also a matter of, like, as I said, like I'm uh, in our company of the highest ranked, right? but also to encourage, you know, the levels below to, to to do this dialogue, right? It's a matter of trust, also for myself. But sometimes, you know, of course, I also want to know what's going on, right? But to encourage these leader, leadership principles of, let's say, fearless uh, communication on all levels, right? And that goes down over various um, steps. And um, I think because the lower you get in a hierarchy, the more operational it gets the More you talk about topics and not about feelings, say, or it's that maybe about leadership, it's more about you know how is the project status, how it's la la la. Um, maybe you need to really actively think about this human aspect of leadership, um, and you know, really try to engage with your workforce also about non, say, non-essential business topics, as stupid as it sounds, yeah. Because we are all just human beings and we are all in the same situation, right? Mm. Uh, none of us from uh, from uh, the presidents to say um i don't know uh, uh, don't want to put anyone on the, on the spot but everyone out there we are all facing the same thing and uh yeah but to encourage that and to really engage in the dialogue and not just talk about you know how is the project status how efficient are you why is it delayed uh, because that's the usual chat you have right in your day-to-day operations you just Like I'm only getting calls if something's going horribly wrong, right? No one's calling me to tell me how great the world is, (laughs) but you need to maybe change this around.
0: Yeah. I I feel like whether, whether my work or personal life, it would be great if conversation started with uh, the, if, if everything was casual, it was just like, you're not in trouble. And then <laughs> the conversation could proceed. Just so you know, because yeah. the worst, of course, is like you know, uh, I'd like to talk to you. Let's schedule a time. And you're like, about what? <laughs> but,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to mention. So one of the things we've used on at um, at, at VMware on some of the teams is there is a Slack add-on called Donut that that will that that, that that will arrange for you to have these little meetings with people you don't know, and it sort of manages it for you. There might be other things as well, but I, I found that to be useful. The, the same thing you were mentioning, Sophie. I think that's very useful.
2: Yeah, I really love it. And I've met so many great people I probably would have never engaged with before with such great also uh, life. But what they experienced in their life, it's completely diverse. And uh, I'm like, really, wow, you know, how amazing uh, this uh, CV or this uh, the life experience has been. And we just share about that and not about okay which topic are you working on and is it in time do you have any problems can I help you um that's really a good thing yeah but I uh, said yeah I don't know sometimes you know I need to like you know you try to call in people. that's also very interesting like you know you're calling people because uh like I don't know what you're doing but I'm constantly on the phone these days because sometimes I'm so annoyed by phone calls like That in the evening, I don't even want to call, I don't know, someone to, like I don't know, my mom, because I just don't want to have a phone call anymore, right? Yeah,
0: you're exhausted from it.
2: Exactly. That's so what I ask for arranging meetings, like do a 15 minute call with this person and this person, because then I have it out of my head, right? But those people immediately, you know, right? Is there something going on that I should be aware of for this call? I'm like, no, I just, you know, I need, I need to have a small topic. And before I call you five times, and we call each other back and forth, you know, we just make a 15 minute call, please. Yeah, it's nothing bad. Don't worry. In the meantime, I even write it down and then in the meeting note, nothing bad, don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whether people work from home a lot or not, like uh it took me a long time in my career to realize that uh like I should schedule regular calls with people. Like, you know, like pe- people, like I, I do this with Rick, Rick and several other people where like, we don't have anything scheduled. We just talk every three weeks. And, you know, it's, it's a good way. I've always more or less been a remote worker. So I need to, to do that. But it's a good way, one, to like, just as you say, schedule fifteen minutes to casually catch up with people. But then also, it's nice because both parties in that call know they're not in trouble, <laughs> right? Like, there's exactly. no. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier to go into that, and then you know you can always just cancel it if something comes up. It's not uh It's it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, I mean that is. That, yeah, I mean I can see that would totally be a uh, a problem. Man, the thinking of talking with someone randomly that Slack has assigned to me. I got to think about that for a while, if that would be comfortable, but it probably is uh, as with all these things, it's well,
1: you know, I I actually think it's a little uncomfortable, but, but, um, because I rarely leave my home and I have no interactions (laughs) with anyone. Yeah. You know, it's, it is, it is an important uncomfortableness. Yeah. Something that, that, that in order to uh, uh, one day, I hope this will be over this pandemic and I'm going to have to be able to operate in the world like a, Functional human, and and it's one of those things that kind of helps me keep that the ability to talk to someone I don't know um, about things that I don't plan to talk about. I mean, I, I, that's really important to me because I'm losing my ability to to, to do that. I yeah, feel that's a very isolated, right? Yeah. Um. And but it is it is uncomfortable. It, it is it is uncomfortable. There's there's no question. But sometimes we have to do things that are uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but also think about yourself. I mean, I even I received uh, sometimes uh, an invite where I'm like at the first glance and then you're sitting all alone here, you know, for like days and then um, you receive an invite and you say like, oh, geez, you know what? Well, <laughs> so what's that going to be about? Hmm, and you have like five different things going on. But usually if you're in the office and you're like, you're just meeting either, I don't know, one of the assistants or, you know, one of your bosses, just like, hey, have you seen this invite? Can you just, you know, tell me what this is about. So now you start and again to call people and they call you back or you were chatting. I think that's uh, the most, uh, uh, the worst thing about it and the social interaction really it's uh, I miss it. Yeah.
0: As you're saying, like, you know, back, back a few topics, like when, when you're trying to sort of like trickle down, here's our strategy, the things that we want and therefore, you know, kind of, kind of allowing teams to, know what the principles are and operate on their own to to deliver on them. Like you're saying it's important if you're managing that way to make sure people understand <laughs> all of that, right? Like yes. I mean in 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 uh in contrast to that whether or not this is a good idea or not, right? If you have a command and control thing, it's just sort of like I give you the things to do and you do them, right? Mm-hmm. But and and so, you know, when you're not in person I mean, you have to use when you're in person, you have to use a lot of body language to see if people are understanding because that's that's a lot of the job that a manager needs to do is not so much tell you to do something, but it's the manager's responsibility to make sure you understand to to put it. And so like, how are you since people aren't in a room and people are turning their video off? Like, what are you uh, what are you doing there to like make sure people understand
2: things? Yeah, well, so for a second, like, when we did the strategy part, I, I basically what I did like the say the eighty uh, percent of the people I called again, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> and
2: and I said like you know are we you know are we on the right path? Because as I said if you're sitting in a room together and you're presenting at at least let's say to twenty people, like your let's say your extended uh, reports, right? And you see people either, you know, they're nodding their head or you're like, you know, critical or whatever. But you cannot see this on 20, uh, 20 screens, right? So what I would, yeah, if it's important, uh, I would call them up. That's the only, only way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: As I said, this is the most important thing. Like the things that you would have usually thought, you know, this is all clear, um, are then suddenly not clear anymore and and we've had this like with uh, especially with the strategy thing, it was for me such a lessons learned because like you know we worked on the strategy framework and I mean, we had like lots of thoughts, and then we introduced it to the next basically the next level right but mm-hmm. and they were completely somewhere else like and then never started to discussing the one said a, the other one said uh, uh, x I'm like what's going <laughs> on here?" Why didn't it taught me really a lesson that you know you you need to bring people on the way and you need to really think about how to bring this and which messages to bring to the to the team and how you communicate and do it again, again. Yeah, again.
0: yeah. You know, you know the 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 act of calling people up like it's making me think that you know if there is uh, normally if you're in person you can rely on like all this other nonverbal stuff to understand what's going on and so therefore if that gets removed i guess you just have to amplify the use of the tools you have right so like you've got to do a lot more talking and a lot more checking in than if you were just visually looking at people recalibrate on on that which means uh you know more phone calls but probably work i mean you got to make it work
2: (laughs) yeah you are definitely yeah i mean that's very interesting you know you uh, most likely the pandemic has taught us to trust the people more to get the job done but focus mm. our leadership skills on you know getting the message right um yeah. talk with people and to understand where they are right now but like i don't know i don't i almost have no conversation about let's say you know deliveries that have not been met like you know you need to deliver that functionality by then and that right um, didn't happen right but you talk much more about let's say this uh, yeah you know let's say either emotions or you know working model or you know different messages that have been communicated by different people because you know it's even hard if you have like um you know, let's say I uh, want escalation in, with involving four to five people you need to call all of them and then probably you need to call them all together and bring them into one conference to get this all sorted out right but until you're there you're like you know you you've Spent three hours only calling.
1: Yeah, the amount of time it takes to deal with something has just <laughs> grown, right? So exactly. so, so much. A- another thing that I used to manage entirely remote teams back when I was at Canonical working uh, working on Ubuntu server. Um, one of the things that I found when I hired people onto these remote teams is that about one in five just had difficulty working remotely. Either it was psychologically difficult for them, it was a yeah. and and at that time, where there were, it, it wasn't mandatory, you know, they usually moved on. Um, in, in, these, in, in these days, you know, how, how do you, when you, if you have someone that has never worked remotely, and they're not adjusting to it well, you know, w- what do you do? How do you help them? Have you come up with anything?
2: To be honest, uh, No. We, we've been we've what we are doing right now uh, as well i mean that's but it has nothing yeah we, we are actually talking more about mental health to be quite honest in our company because we've been experiencing people having issues being alone and their motivations and then and i'm i'm also very transparent on that in the company like i have also had you know issues um you know being alone all the time because one of my 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 job is to interact with people and making sure that they are like you know uh, there right it this is I think my key job to know the people connecting the dots bring the people together and then uh, you know I always said I sometimes had to really go to the office and meet the, at least two or three other people because like I hear the ceiling was uh, you know crashing basically above me and so we've been uh, driving, or we're currently one of our HR uh, people is driving, topic on mental health a lot, but also like, you know, best practices on how to cope with uh, a remote office right now. But, you know, the, the thing is, and I, it's, I know um, also for me, a complete remote setup is difficult to do, um, but we, we all need to somehow get used to it. I believe. And a lot of company, companies will probably move into a remote first approach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. I mean I'm, like, I'm not just because I personally like to interact with people in a let's say um, uh, closer situation, let's say, an on-site situation, I don't speak for uh, uh, the whole population. And uh, in our company, a lot of engineers especially are asking for this remote uh, first opportunity which is very interesting. But uh, you're right, these are things that we need to, to to, talk about. So mental health is on our record, but then to yeah, routines, there have been incredibly many people, which I love in our company, that have been driving initiatives to connect. Like they have, let's say, this random coffees, you know, then they have, we have a move together challenge where you are, you know, going for a run and then it's like a challenge who runs the most and then we donate stuff. So, There's lots of activities going on to bring people together at least virtually, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult. Right. I mean, so,
0: so so going through that and I don't know, maybe, maybe Rick, you've had experience with this too, but like, well, I mean, it's different nowadays, but how much, I mean, how much time do you think you budget and in general people should budget for that kind of stuff? Just like, you know, employee, happiness and mental stability right because that is kind of a new set of things to to worry about and it seems like or to work on and it seems like I mean uh if 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 uh if our employer VMware is anything they're spending a lot of time thinking about that we get we get a lot of emails which is nice and comforting but there's a lot of stuff going on but I imagine there's an uptick in that so like I don't know how much how much of your time do you think you you spend on that, and will spend on it
2: now as an employee? And the question or to, is, are like, you like your so, working time or in general?
0: Yeah, or or just, yeah, yeah. Just from like kind of like I, I mean, I'm 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 curious, like if if a manager's thinking like, here's how I'm going to decide to spend my time, right? Like I'm going to have to spend more time on on this this mental stuff. Like I don't know. I mean, what's a rough
1: estimate of how much time? It depends how good the manager is. (laughs) If you're
2: you're leading people, if you're in a leadership position, I say you should roughly spend around 60 to 70% of your time making sure, you know, your people are engaged and, and be there for them and talk to them. Uh, And it's just about checking in, you know, you can also check in about other things, but to not ignore the fact. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, that's your job as a let's say as a, a leader of a company and uh, or of a team. It's uh, your responsibility is people actually, and you should hire people that are able to do the job for you. That you don't have to worry that they you know that they don't get the job done. And I think it was one of the, the things mm. I've uh, mentioned many times in my in my talks. Is like um, you know why is there a lot of hierarchies? Because there is always the fear that the people on the bottom don't get the job done in a proper way, right? And I think that needs to change. You need to hire people that do the job and they are the experts in doing that and give them the liberty to also sometimes make a mistake because that's where you learn. And then you as a leader can focus on this is what leadership is about to take care about the people, right? And make sure you have the right people on the right job. But usually we are focusing a lot about controlling the outcome of a delivery of totally. uh, of, uh, of an objective that needs to be done, right? Because it's easier. Easier than to talk about feelings and emotions and not being present and stuff like this. Yeah. Mm.
0: Are are there any things that have kind of like surprised you as far as like benefits or good things that, that you weren't expecting since uh that, that you y'all have encountered since March?
2: Um yeah,
1: related to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a much better baker. That, that's much. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think <laughs> in Amsterdam, people have been surprised by how much stuff in their house they no longer want, judging by the piles of trash every. every...
2: I've been selling everything on eBay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, classifieds. Um, so no, actually, one thing uh, that's from and I'm talking now on pure um, management perspective. Let's say from a company perspective, that might not be 100% the same opinion I would have as a, as an employee or as a person, but our productivity has been improved a lot, at least on paper. So people are more focused on, Mm. on actual work and spend less time on other things. So as I'm saying now, of course, from a product productivity perspective, I'm happy, you know, as a company CEO can say, great, our people work more and do less other stuff, right? as said as an employee or as a person on my personal opinion I still believe you know we have like this 80 20 rule you can do 20 percent of other stuff during your work time and that's fine you yeah, you don't have to only work right um, so that improved a lot and what I also really like I think things that have been very much um, let's say organized by the company so we're doing lots of cultural things like you know, we have uh, you know, a weekly with the whole company. We have different after-work activities stuff like I said, have been organized by the company. And where I always thought, okay, you know, if we do not pay for, let's say, the beer or the pizza, no one will show up. And I have to say, like, lots of people have taken the initiative to drive things throughout the organization um, hmm. independently. So, as I said, this uh, move together challenge, I didn't have to order it. Um, somebody came up with the idea and just put it out there or the, you know, random coffee talks or things that people are taking the initiative to organize something and then the whole company participates. And I think uh, that's uh, even greater than to everything, you know, is done them by the culture and communication team in the company. They, they do also a lot, but most of the things are actually driven by the, the employees themselves. And that's what I really, really like.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the experience we've had, Rick, and I think I think I think there is a lot more let's call it bottoms up taking care of that 20% <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff than, than I would have expected. That people people are pretty better than I would think at sort of self-managing, making sure they have a good working environment. It's a weird yeah. way of putting it, but that is that is that is nice.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think so too. And and I think down at the team level, people are making sure they have virtual happy hours where people just sit on Zoom and drink a beer together. Um, <laughs> right. there yeah, there are lots of ways that uh, that people are trying to cope, which is expected, right? Uh, I, I think that I think that it's very, very important as we see some people trying to cope, as I start to go through my head now of 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 peers and colleagues. I think we have to keep in mind that some people, some of our introverted colleagues, might be disappearing a little bit. They might feel less comfortable with that, and and uh, and we might have to work extra extra hard. They might feel more isolated. I'm I'm I think I, I've I've become more cognizant that I need to work hard to reach out to to people that are struggling.
0: Yeah, we we had a, a team event where we got a yakitori chef all online
1: and uh, <laughs> cooked a oh, bunch of.
0: Yeah, it was nice. We learned how to cut up chicken and make a sauce, and, and and then you get to eat something. It's uh, it's it's good. It's good to like be busy with your hands when you're when you're hanging out and everything. So so, Sophie, are you still hiring?
2: Yes, we are hiring.
0: Yeah, yeah. You should you should do a little ad for yourself if <laughs> anyone's interested.
2: So, uh, so if you want to join, like I'm you know, I'm always saying that my job is to build the greatest company on earth. Uh, especially for people working in tech and uh, in creative uh, jobs. And we are still looking for people that are driving with us the digital transformation of Mercedes. Um, Of course, uh, we have our ups and downs with uh, this big mothership. But ultimately, this is the unique opportunity to shape the future of one of the biggest car brands in the world. And you know, all of uh, the strategies are going towards uh, digital and online channels, and uh, it's a great opportunity to be part of it. And I said, we have everything under mercedes-benz.io. All of our jobs are listed there. Actually, one of the killer job ads that we currently have is we're looking for a CTO um and Mm. that's a once in a lifetime opportunity i would say so please feel free to apply i'm looking forward to it that's
0: good well thanks so much for uh making the time it was uh, as i was joking before we were recording uh you know you you and i have been trying to find an excuse to record something for a while so this was a a topic to have really good yeah yeah and and with uh with that we'll we'll see everyone next time thanks
2: bye great great day wherever you are right